This is the Decahedron Podcast with Joe and James, two old dudes talking about RPG stuff. Hello, James. Hello, Joseph. It's been like three weeks since we re- bleh, since we have recorded. How's your life been? Uh, a little busy doing odd and end things. Uh, need to get to the yard. I have a test I'm going to have to go and watch today. I'm working on a small project that I don't think Joseph likes, but I'm going to try it anyways. Okay. As for me, well, a couple of weeks ago during the, our normal Saturday recording session, I was working at my part-time job. And so we didn't get to record then. And then last week, I had to travel to the great state of Rhode Island for some family stuff. Good family stuff, by the way. Uh, my my niece is having a baby, so it was a baby shower. So that was that was kind of cool. I did not attend the baby shower, but I drove my wife there. It was the uh, first long distance trip in the EV, which definitely added some time to the trip. But it was an enjoyable ride. I love going back to Rhode Island. Rhode Island. It's a great place. I got to have... Um, you used to live in Rhode Island. I used to have an awful, awful. No, I didn't used to have. I had an awful, awful while I was there. Oh, I haven't had them in years, but I was always more of a um, milkshake type guy. I actually worked at Newport Creamery for many years also. I know. You used to make me uh, some awful, awfuls back in the day. Were they awful? They were awful big, awful good. Um, I wanted to go to Wright's Chicken Farm. I did not get to do that. And I did not get any Dell's lemonade, and I did not get any Portuguese sweetbread, and I did not get any coffee syrup, and I'm out. So that, that, I'm kicking myself over. Ah, uh, coffee syrup. Yes, a delicacy, shall we say, of Rhode Island only, isn't it? Pretty much. Although the question comes in, James, this is where I'm going to judge you hard. Autocrat or Eclipse? Actually, I have another one. I'm... And like, I'm not remembering the name off the top of my head, but it used to be Autocrat. That's a new local company that's making coffee syrup. Next time I'm on, I'll get the name. Anyway, we've been going a while and we haven't even gotten to the topic. A couple months ago, we did an episode on character background. And from that, we got a feedback from Evil Jeff from the Minions and Musings podcast. And rather than covering that in a feedback episode... Uh, when we got it in, I said, hey, I would like to do a full episode on this one, and you agreed. So let's listen to Evil Jeff. Joe and James, this is Evil Jeff. Hey, glad to get into more of your podcast. Started with, I uh, actually got through the first one, and um, commenting on your second one, we were talking about player backgrounds. You've already heard my podcast probably, but I'll reiterate a little bit here. Um Basically, I'm in between the two of you. Um, where I have done long, uh, long backgrounds and everything, you know, one page. You know, um, I don't do bullet points. I, I think you need a little bit more than that. And I actually have modified something that Ray Otis over at Plundergrounds did or talked about at one point, and also a previous uh, GM that I had where you can make a, a succinct enough background that leaves it open for additional stuff. I think my happy medium between the two of you would be what I do say, give me 150 words of your background. That should give you on average between you know, somewhere between six and nine sentences for a character's background. 
give me two to three sentences of their personality or, you know, quirks like that. And give me one to two sentences, maybe three sentences of motivation. I think motivation is a big part of the character background. Why are they doing what they're doing? You know, some of the character backgrounds I've done that are much longer, my motivation was wrapped up in the story. And speaking of longer backgrounds in defense of those. Hey, Jeff. Um, thanks for that. I have four notes I wanted to address for that. And because it was four notes, that's why I thought this would make an entire episode all on itself. So are we ready, James? Go for the gates, man. I have no idea what that means. Anyway, first note. Okay, Evil Jeff. So uh, one of the things you said was you would say, give me, give me, give me. 150 words. Yeah, but give me. And that sounds to me like a GM that is telling his player, you have to give me this before we start playing. And so the first topic I wanted to pull out of this was required character backgrounds. So, James, how do you feel about it when a GM tells you you have to give me at least 150 words about your character? To me, that that sounds like an appropriate number of words. It's not a lot, but me and you are on different pages. I like to have some type of background for my character. Do you remember the game we were playing where we made uh, Bear? Did we not really get some background into that before we got started? You made like 100 characters named Bear. No. It's, it is one of your favorite character names. Okay, the big brute that we're doing in the barony. Ah, uh, okay. Do you remember? We we did go back and forth on that, and there were, I'd say, more than 150 words in there, but 150 words, it gives you enough to understand the character. So, if I were playing in a game, and if a GM came to me and said, not only do you have to give me a character, you have to let me read 150 word background, I would say, no thanks, I'll find another game. And I know I would do this because I was once uh, invited to play in a game of mercenaries, spies, and private eyes. And I came up with a character who was an assassinini for the Vatican. <laughs> Come on, the Vatican's have assassins? It's one of those conspiracy theories, yeah. There was a comic book I read years ago called Evangeline, wherein the main character was an assassin for uh, the Vatican in the near future, their space flight, their travel to Mars. So it was actually a pretty good little series. Anyway, I, I like the concept. So I said, yeah, I'll play this character and he'll be an assassin for the uh, for the Vatican. And then they were like, the the GM there was, give me, I, you know, I want a, a write-up of background. I said, nah, I'm good. Enjoy your game. And I pressed on because I don't do writing assignments as part of my game. Well, I, I'm one of those characters that even if it isn't requested, I try to do a small about amount of background for the character, at least from my own style of play. I like to know what that character is going to do. And I, I, I always do that a little bit, too. And it's very mentally and it's very nebulous. There you go. All right. So that was point number one. Point number two. He said he didn't know if bullet points would be enough. And then he goes on to say that he only needs, um, I think he said like six to nine sentences. And so what's the difference between six and nine sentences and six to nine bullet points other than you're using fewer alert words and you're getting the meaning right across very quickly. It's very easy to scan and get it out there because the subject in every one of these sentences is going to be the character. So 
when you're forming a proper sentence, you know, subject and a predicate, you know, your, your verb and all that fun stuff, eh, take those seven points, write them out as a bullet point. I agree. Um, I, I, when I'm creating a character, I usually start with a lot of bullet points that are usually very few words into it and then expand on it. But the difference for me in a bullet point is it's just not a not a necessary coherent sentence, but ideas that I'm putting together. That I, Exactly. I, I think those seven to nine ideas, uh, six to nine ideas are what you're really looking for. I am much more likely to read everybody's bullet point list than I am to read paragraphs. I think we've done quite a few characters with bullet points. I'm because I love bullet points. I would love to do a game, a rule set that was just bullet points instead of paragraphs. I've tried it, though. It's difficult to pull off. And space-wise, it takes up more pages than paragraphs do. I'm forgetting the game we were playing, but there was one game where they had um, bullet points that we had to do for the character, like one-liners that they would throw out there. My guess was Dungeon World. That's it. I was just trying to look for my book. It was Dungeon World. We, they actually had in the game that you had to choose certain things. All right. Point number three. So when he said six to nine paragraphs, it, I mean, six to nine sentences, it immediately made me think of a article I read years and years ago in uh, Dungeon Magazine. and Not Dungeon, in Dragon Magazine. And I gave you a homework assignment. Uh, James, which was to go through your stack of books and to pull out your old, uh, go through your old issues of Dragon Magazine and pull out issue number 184. Did you do that? Yes, I was able to find that article. All right. So go to page 22 of that issue. Let me know when you're there. It's going to take a moment. 22. There we are. The seven sentences. NPC. Yep, the seven sentences and NPC. This this is an article of legend. If you search uh, Google for seven sentence and NPC, you will see so many people talking about this article. It was written by someone named C.M. Klein. I don't know if that's a he or a she or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, they wrote this article and they said, whenever you're describing NPC, you should do it in these seven sentences. And I was like, why limit that to an NPC? This might be a perfect format for a PC background, and then you get a seven-sentence PC. And just to go over the seven sentences real quick, the first sentence, you talk about their occupation and the history. Yeah. In the second sentence, you talk about their physical description, you know, what they look like. The third sentence is uh, their attributes and skills, you know, the stuff that stands out that makes them, you that saw. makes them stand out. I just said that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. I said oh, it makes them okay. u- it's, make, it's what they're useful for. Yeah. Um. The next sentence is their values and motivations. The fifth sentence is how they interact with others. In other words, their their personality, are they gruff, are they grumpy, are they sweet and loving, you know, all that fun stuff. And are they going to rip you off blindly? Yeah. And then uh, six sentence, I lost count there. Six sentence is useful knowledge. That one might not be so useful for a PC because that's, that's what the players can get out of that character. But that's okay. Give them an extra sentence of motivation. And the seventh sentence is distinguishing features. What makes them uh, different from everyone else, uh, so to speak? The, the thing that people will remember when they meet them, I would personally move that up near the description. I might even make that like the first or second sentence personally. But I was like, that would be an awesome format for a PC background. What do you think of that? I would agree with most of that. It would be helpful 
it goes back to a discussion we had earlier about the 20 questions when you're making the character mm -hmm. of what and that seems some of these are multiple questions in one so yeah they are and so then i'm just going to join this point with the last point i made which is instead of having seven sentences you could have seven bullet points and these are your seven bullet points and life is peachy and grand and finally the last thing i want to say about evil jeff's feedback is he talks about gms pulling stuff out of the player characters backgrounds to use in the story and this is something i have never liked not only in gaming but in fiction in general because it makes the world just seem too small star wars spoilers ahead uh you know in episode five we find out that vader is luke's father in episode six we find out that vader is leia's father in episode one we find out that vader made c3po it's like oh just stop is vader like everybody's father it, it makes that universe really small and tiny, and I, I don't like that. There is no need for the bad guy to be my father, the bad guy to be my uncle. The bad guy can just be some bad guy. I don't care. But come on. It's a common thing in a lot of writers, especially, I think, the mystery writers where that cliffhanger ends. All of a sudden, the killer is your son from your girlfriend from 20 years ago. In a mystery that makes sense because a mystery is something personal. Why is someone going to kill somebody? It's because they have a relationship with them. Uh, very rarely do people kill at random. But in epic fantasy, which that's the other thing that Jeff was talking about that I wasn't going to address <laughs> in an epic, I guess I am going to though. In an epic fantasy, there's no need for that. The big evil bad guy can just be a big evil bad guy. He doesn't have to be your, your uncle. Or your father. Or your brother. Exactly. He can just be a dude who's threatening the world, and you're saving the world. But the thing I wasn't going to say was, these days I shy away from epic fantasy anyway, go more swords and sorcery, more local threat. Although, once you get to local threat, that's kind of leaning into Jeff's point, which is once you're local, then it's more likely that you're going to know who everybody is. All right, Jeff, I might have to give you a point. I'm trying hard not to, though. <laughs> well, I'm going to hop on Jeff's bandwagon with this. I know you don't get into it, but sometimes those long campaigns, you want to pull stuff out of the player character's history because it makes them feel more like the story is about them. More connected. Yeah. yeah and I think may maybe the way I'm getting around that these days is rather than having, like we discussed a few episodes back, rather than having a uh, wandering campaign, I'm tending to keep the campaigns focused on a single spot, and that spot is characters' homes. They didn't come here from afar. They are integrated into the community, and they are an important part of it. So then they're connected to it because that's their home and they're never wandering far from home. You know, this place isn't just the village of the week. So maybe that's uh, how I'm getting around it. Uh, but the other thing I don't like about the, the epic thing is the lack of character death. We should do an episode about character death. Yeah, I'm not going to say any more about it. So that is most of your ideas with background. I'm going to take it. Yeah, we're not going to redo that whole episode. This was just to address Jeff's comments there. When I listened to it the first time, I'm like, the seven-sentence NPC, perfect. And wait, requiring players? No, that's bad. I would never require a player. You have to give me this background or you will not play. 
No, I, I don't give writing assignments and I don't give reading assignments either. Just like, just like I don't want to read your character's 57 page character background. Yeah, I'm exaggerating. I don't expect you to read my 57 page background on the game world in the setting. That's just, that's obnoxious. You have a life, you have a family, you have a job, you have things to do other than doing homework to prepare for a game. And I think we've covered everything that Jeff had mentioned. I'm sure we'll hear from him again. It's just about wrap-up time, but I do have a couple of administrative notes before we say goodbye, James, unless mm-hmm. you're going to say something else. No, go on. Okay, so um, two background, uh, two administrative notes. One is I was listening to Jason at the Nerds RPG Variety Cast the other day, and again, he mentioned our podcast, and he always says great things about our podcast. But he said this one thing, and he said, uh, Joe and James, pick a topic to disagree on. Maybe not exactly those words, but I, I'm always afraid that people are going to get the impression that that we pick sides beforehand and we say, hey, Joe, you be against artwork. Hey, James, you be in favor of it. Or Joe, you be against long character backgrounds. James, you be in favor of it. And and we don't do that. All the opinions we have are 100% natural. I'm sure that one day we will do a topic where we both agree on something. Now I am gonna I am gonna throw in there just for everyone's sake. Yes, I try to discuss these episode times sometimes with Joe. So <laughs> I'll throw a question there, and he doesn't send anything back, email or message. Joseph, what do you think about this? It's just he he reads right right over that line. I am very militant that this podcast be real that our opinions are really our opinions, that we're not faking what side we stand on. And they're not, we're not scripting things. The intro blurb is two old dudes talking about stuff. It's a conversation. We are just talking. And I refuse to, to do anything that sounds like scripting because I don't like that. It's fake. It's unreal. It's not what I want in a podcasting experience. And I know that frustrates you sometimes, James, and I apologize for that, but I think our product is better for it. And anyway, the last administrative note is that we have a new logo. I have a graphic designer called The Design Cat. Her name is Cat. And so she calls her business The the Design Cat, which I thought was clever. Uh, she did my original logo for me for Decahedron back when that was going to be an RPG. And I asked her to update it to make it podcast specific. And I wanted something involving like headphones or like the little, you know, Wi-Fi signal, you know, something to imply that it was a networked podcast type thing. We did some back and forth. She threw some things at me. So I'm sure I was the the client from hell from this one. And I apologize for that, Kat, if you're listening. But she gave me the final product. It looks awesome. It will be replacing the the art here. So if you look down, but I think when I do that in Anchor, it's going to replace them all in the past too. So I'm going to make a page on the webpage showing the old and the new side by side because she really modernized it. She cleaned up the lines. It looks really sharp. I'm very impressed with her work. So if you're looking for any design work of any sort, I highly recommend uh, the Design Cat. And I will have her link is in the show notes every week. And I will also put it on the page where I put the two logos, the old and the new side by side. Uh, Hey, James, thanks for joining me this week. Thank you for having me. And gentlemen and ladies, have a good week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. And until next time, see ya. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Decahedron Podcast. 
send an email to feedback at decahedron.com. Remember to spell decahedron with a K. Voice feedback can be sent through the Anchor website or by calling 562-RPG-CAST. That's 562-774-2278. Links are in the show notes. Music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, logo by Design Cat. Thanks for listening.